There's a lot of fear and reservation, as I think there should be, on artificial intelligence. Now, artificial intelligence doesn't have a sense of humor, but follows instructions at this point. Don't think it'll ever have a sense of humor, though the algorithm may figure out and has figured out what humans find funny. How about this for irony? I came across this. I thought this would be interesting and also a good introduction uh, to today's episode. Chris, the creator, never heard of him. He only has 863 subscribers. But his uh, video has 86,000 views the last 10 days on YouTube. And the title is simply, I asked artificial intelligence to make a Greta Thunberg oil company commercial. Check this out. Hello, my name is Greta, and welcome to my oil company. I will show you around. Already at a young age, I had a love for oil. I love how it is pumped out of the ground. So I started my own oil company called Greta Greatest Oil. I fly around the world in my own private jet to get the best deals around the world. When the deal is finalized, I will send my own oil container ship to fetch the oil and deliver it to ports where the trucks are ready to take the oil to storage places. We always do a test so that we always deliver the highest quality to our customers. We sell it all over the world because we believe that everyone has right to oil. And that is why you can fill your car every day. So I can eat my sweets. So folks, if AI ends up destroying us, at least we got to enjoy a little bit of irony. Thanks to AI creation. Welcome to BCP Unfiltered. Big hug to all of y'all. Hope you had a great weekend. I uh, I did a little three, four minute video for our Inner Circle members this morning on Patreon. And it was really funny. I was just looking at it and um, I it, it's not done in the studio. It's just done on our uh, iMac there in our master bedroom off to the side. And I look like I'm bald. Like I, I, I put like a light on because it was kind of dark. And this light is shining right on my head. It makes it look like I'm bald, but as you can see, uh, I'm not balding. I I don't. I'm not bald. I just shave my head because I like to have my hair short. Folks, since we're talking about technology, let me show you this gentleman here. You may not know who he is. His name is Palmer Lucky, and he's considered the father of the virtual reality headset industry. And he was interviewed by Bloomberg and he answered the question. They didn't want him to finish answering the question, but he answered the question and got an applause. Let me tell you a little bit about Lucky Palmer so you can understand uh, what's going on here. Put it in context. And I think it's a pretty interesting clip. The media went after him because in uh, 2016, he was supporting Donald Trump. He created the Oculus. I don't know if you're familiar with it, folks, but it's his VR he- uh, VR headset. Uh, it was groundbreaking. And back in, uh, I don't know, I'm going to say about 2014, it was bought by Facebook. And uh, I remember trying the Oculus about five or six years ago. I think it was at Best Buy. And, uh, you know, I put it on and it was, I think, an Avengers game. Maybe it wasn't six years ago. Maybe it was less than that. But I put it on and it was a, a virtual reality Avengers game or something. And I was, like, really dizzy. I just... I don't do video games. My kids don't really do video games. The only video games really did when they were little was things that were physical. So uh, 
Dance Dance Revolution, all those games, and then the ones where you, uh, you know, um, Guitar Hero, things that were physical and, and, and very innocent. But, you know, nothing against video games. I know a lot of people like video games in my demographic and our demographic. Just never really is into them. I was an outside kid playing basketball, skateboarding at the beach, uh, snowboarding or what have you, uh, riding my bike. And, um, and I didn't want my kids to just be, you know, drones over, no pun intended, over video games. And that's fine if you didn't raise your kids that way. But um, so I'm not really a big video game guy. But I found this to be interesting. So Lucky's invention of the Oculus Rift, initially a crowdfunded VR headset uh, project that was later sold to Facebook, sparked a wave of competing products from major tech companies, including HTC, Valve, and Sony's PlayStation VR headset. The Oculus creator was hailed as a genius by the legacy media, winning an Ingenuity Award from the Smithsonian Magazine in 2014. But the accolades stopped two years later when he was outed as a Trump supporter, which was followed by an internal pressure campaign for his ouster from Facebook. The campaign eventually succeeded even after he followed CEO Mark Zuckerberg's extraordinary instruction to publicly endorse libertarian candidate Gary Johnson instead of Trump. Okay, so he left Facebook and founded Anderil Industries, a high-tech defense company funded by Peter Thiel. And Peter Thiel is one of the few outspoken um, conservatives, libertarians uh, in Silicon Valley. Very strange guy, though. I think he's into like vampire stuff like youth blood and whatever for staving off uh, aging, something like that. He's a very interesting character. Okay. So, this is the savage response by one of the best entrepreneurs in the game, Palmer Lucky, when he was asked about politics at a Bloomberg event. Check this out. I do want to talk about the politics because so much has been made of, you know, Peter Thiel's investment in Anderil, Peter Thiel's connection to Trump. Is this a partisan effort? Or are you trying to cross the aisle with this technology? I mean, the National Defense Authorization Act is the only bill that's passed every single year since it started being created. It's about as bipartisan as it gets. There's very few people who think that it's better for China to have better weapons than the United States, that it's better for Russia to have better weapons than, than our European allies. It's, it's, it, it is really a quite bipartisan issue. That's a valid point. In the United States, the military-industrial complex has a blessing of both sides. Now, I, for one, believe in the doctrine of having the best military and everything as a deterrent. I believe in strength through peace as practiced by Reagan and by Trump, especially by Trump. No new conflicts, just strength and deterring opponents and enemies. Anyway, this is where it gets interesting. And I will note, you know, I don't want to, don't, don't want to be, be, be too mean, but one of the reasons that people have tried to turn me into a partisan figure is because it's really good for clicks. The reality is I spend maybe, I don't know, 1% of my time on politics. I spend 99% on tech, but that is not what people want to focus on. And a lot of it's also not true. I mean, heck, one of the moderators on your previous panels was on TV spreading all kinds of lies about me during the election year. She was saying that I was funding uh, fake news and paying people to spread it. She was on TV saying that I was funding alt-right memes and teams of people to spread on the internet and said the real reason I was fired from Oculus is because I wasn't even involved in the day-to-day -day of my business anymore. I mean, just, just like an ideological okay. hit squad on well, me well, spreading, hang on, let me finish. <laughs> well, you, we'll have the, to let her check the, that, but I will let you finish. 
Nobody disagrees on these things. It's not a matter of opinion. It was just a fabricated story that outlets, including Bloomberg, picked up, ran with, and performed a character assassination on me and have tried to turn me into a political figure because that's what they want to do to me. People do f who spend far more on politics on the other side of the aisle would never even be asked the question you're asking me. Would you ever have Zuckerberg up here and say, hey, you, you donated a lot of money to politics. I mean, you're a pretty political figure. I mean, is, isn't your company actually really partisan? Yeah. You wouldn't even dream of doing it. The reality is it's because it's okay to attack one side for being political and not the other that the question is even being asked. And, uh, you know, I understand that you have to bring it up because that's unfortunately the hell I live in. But it's something that I'm still going to get frustrated with. I might ask Zuckerberg that question. I might. But you made your point. Silicon Valley and business people there at this Bloomberg panel applauding for old Lucky there because they know that the attack is always against the right, the libertarian, the freedom side, and they side with tyranny. I thought that was very, very interesting. All right, now I'm questioning what's going on in Russia. If you caught my episode 360 that I did at midnight on Saturday and released shortly thereafter, very early Sunday morning, then you will know that we averted, supposedly according to those that are the watchers and the keepers of the doomsday clock, that we averted uh, a disaster. We were 90 seconds to midnight on the doomsday clock. That's the closest ever, according to Doomsday Clock. But now the uh, the question is, what's really uh, going on here? Where is Putin? Where is uh, Prigozhin? Where are all the players after this supposedly, the supposed coup that didn't take place? More now on the turmoil inside Russia and what this means for Putin's grip on power. Let's bring in ABC's Patrick Rievel, also in Ukraine tonight. Patrick, it appears crisis averted, at least for now, but this is a fluid situation and it raises major questions about Russian leadership and the war in Ukraine. Well, yeah, I mean, this has been an extraordinary roller coaster day. And I think at the end of it, it has left many people with questions and frankly confused about what happened. Because what we thought we were seeing was an armed attempt at overthrowing Vladimir Putin's regime. But it seemed to end with sort of just dissipating with Vladimir Putin saying that he would not be prosecuting um, Yevgeny Prigozhin or any of the Wagner fighters. I think that what we can say is that this, without a doubt, has left Vladimir Putin looking weaker and showing just simply a very chaotic situation in Russia. And obviously, that poses major questions now tomorrow and what we will see going forward with the war in Ukraine. Well, early on Monday, Breitbart had this very interesting article. The prominent players in Saturday's dramatic Russian apparent failed coup attempt remain elusive days later with even new videos of Defense Minister uh, Shoigu and President Putin being of unclear origin. And there seems to be no real proof that Prigozhin has even gone to Belarus. So if you missed the report, after this uh, attempted coup, where he was um, taking the Wagner group into Moscow, and then there's reports that Vladimir Putin had left uh, Moscow, there was, you know, the disinformation and misinformation and misdirection, but there was reports I had read that, he, that his trains had left, and then also there's reports that two of Putin's planes were tracked going over to St. Petersburg. And then Wagner Group um, and Prigozhin uh, say, we're, we're, 
they make some kind of deal where he gets to go to exile to Belarus. He will not be charged and none of the Wagner mercenaries are going to get charged either. But at the time I'm recording this, there is no evidence that Prigozhin has ended up in Belarus. And then we have this footage coming out that's undated and of unknown time origin and we don't even know what's really going on here. And that's been pretty much the entire thing going on uh, with this Russia-Ukraine thing. So much misinformation. Video has been released seemingly showing Russia's beleaguered defense minister visiting his troops in occupied Ukraine. The video of Sergei Shoigu had no sound but was released by his ministry, suggesting he still has Kremlin backing. In Yevgeny Prigozhin's weekend mutiny in which his Wagner forces seized control of Russia's southern military headquarters, he demanded Shoigu be handed over to him so that he could restore justice. Now, let's turn to the modern-day Pravda coming out of Russia. Uh, Russian press releases have attempted to give the impression of business as usual per Russian state media outlet TASS. Putin had a call with the president of Iran to talk energy policy today on Monday. The Kremlin also published a new video of the president addressing the engineers of the future 2023 youth event. It is not known exactly when or where the video was recorded, but it is possible that it could be a pre-recorded event. His relaxed body language and smile as he wished school and college students taking place in the program luck. And the fact absolutely no one, no reference was made to Russia's political crisis offers clues that it may have been pre-recorded. Now, I can't stand the warmongering of this support of this fake acting actor who became a president. And of course, I'm not talking about Trump. That is how some of the left want to characterize Trump. He was a successful, a successful businessman, a patriot, and by far the best damn president we've had in the modern era. He will go down in history as one of the greatest presidents this republic has ever had. So I'm not a fan of Zelensky, but it doesn't mean I'm an, a fan of Putin. But I do understand the doctrine that the enemy of your enemy is often your ally. Maybe not friend, uh, but, you know, Putin is not down with the bankers, the barren bankers. He is not down with the New World Order, the satanic pedophile agenda. And he wants not to have NATO nukes on his doorstep. That is a legitimate concern. It's a legitimate concern that almost uh, got us close to the uh, midnight doomsday clock on the Cuban Missile Crisis under Kennedy. And it's a concern that we are now learning that China is going to be having troops training and right there in Cuba. But does it make Putin a hero and a great guy because he is a tyrant and a leader for life? But we do have a common enemy in the New World Order globalists. And thus, like real life, this situation is complicated and it's muddied by the fact that, no, Russia did not help Trump win the election of 2016, but Russia is a master of misinformation, disinformation, and state-sponsored propaganda. You know, kind of like our American corporate legacy media is as well. All right, let's get into domestic 
politics now. Wait, sorry, folks. Five minutes ago here on my Washington uh, Post feed, uh, Ukraine live briefing, Russia's uh, Prigozhin resurfaces, says Wagner rebelled to fight absorption by military. So uh, Prigozhin, who sent a convoy of mercenary fighters toward Moscow over the weekend and an extraordinary challenge to Russian President Vladimir Putin's authority, posts an 11-minute audio statement on Monday claiming he launched the rebellion after Russian forces killed 30 of his fighters, we knew about that. They were his first remarks since accepting a deal to avoid prosecution and withdrawing his fighters on uh, uh, Saturday. Uh, questions remain about the whereabouts of Putin and Prigozhin, neither of whom have been seen publicly since the episode came to a close. So there we go. All right. So th- that, that is the update. He released an audio today, but still no one has seen Putin or Prigozhin since this thing went down. All right. Now let's get into uh, domestic politics. We have a brand new NBC News poll that we are releasing this morning, and in it, voters are deeply dissatisfied with the direction of the country. They're concerned about the mental and physical well-being of President Biden. But the story of the last four years is still true today. And in this poll, the best thing for a Biden re-election campaign continues to be the presence of Donald Trump. We have an NBC poll showing that people are dissatisfied. 74% of voters deeply dissatisfied and saying the nation is on the wrong track. Now, Chuck Todd can spin it or try to spin it that even all these things uh, against Biden are bad, but because people don't like Donald Trump, that might be his Trump card to get reelected. But come on, folks. NBC is even forced to cover how dissatisfied people are with the Biden regime. Just 20% of voters believe this country is headed in the right direction. 74% say the nation is on the wrong track. Let me tell you something about this moment. We have had this sustained period of 70% about a year now. Uh, The last two periods in the history of this poll that we've had this kind of sustained negativity about the direction of the country was before the 92 election and before the 2008 election. Both of those changed the party controlling the White House. Now, of course, NBC doesn't want to address one of the many reasons or one of the big reasons of the many reasons why people are dissatisfied with the Biden regime. Oh, maybe because he's a crook and a traitor. No, they're making it all about his age and his health. A full 68% of voters, including 43% of Democrats now, uh, which is twice what it was in 2020. Come on, Chuck. Age is not the big issue here, though it is a big issue. It's corruption. President Trump breaking it down. On Saturday evening, he spoke to the Faith and Freedom Coalition Conference in D.C. And he stated the obvious. It's about the Biden corruption. Biden is the most corrupt president in the history of our country by far. Just two days ago, a very respected IRS whistleblower used to be very much a, you remember when the Democrats used to love whistleblowers? They don't like the whistleblowers now. <laughs> Revealed that Crooked Joe sat in a room while his son Hunter messaged a Chinese Communist Party official and said to this Chinese Party official, I quote, I am sitting here with my father and we would like to understand why the commitment made has not been fulfilled. This is cash he's talking about. Yeah. Tell the director, and it doesn't get reported in the newspapers, 
Tell the director that I would like to resolve this now before it gets out of hand. And now means right now. It means tonight. You believe this? I didn't know he was that tough. <laughs> and if I get a call or a text from anyone involved in this other than you, Zhang or the chairman, I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me, my father, right next to me, Pop, hi, Pop, <laughs> and every person he knows, you will regret not following my direction. Now, can you imagine the newspapers not reporting this? Not a word of it in any of them, in any of them, mainstream. I'm sitting here waiting for the call, he said, with my father. I'm sitting here with my father waiting for the call. In other words, send us money. Within 10 days, the Bidens got $5.1 million from China for absolutely no reason. They got $5.1 million. Folks, the seriousness of this won't be known by the masses because they're ignoring the story. Completely just ignoring the story. They're just not reporting on it. And for those relatively, compared to the past few people, that are still plugged into the legacy corporate media for their information really aren't wise about this. And remember, they think that your your friends, family, co-workers that think everything is fake news and they don't see it on the major media are not even aware, believe it or not, that this is happening. If they're aware of it, it's just right-wing propaganda. Lies. It's so sad, folks, how many intelligent people, otherwise people that we would consider intelligent, who are just blinded by the media. But that's why alternative media, which is now becoming the mainstream media, like this program, are so relevant and so popular. And why they must crush us as their competition. So the question really is, is there any legitimacy to... Joe Biden, in fact, being in the same room as Hunter Biden when he sent that text. Now, we've looked at that, but we've got some more information over the last few days. This coming from Mr. Shapley's attorney, Mark Little, on Fox News. With that, we bring in Mark Lytle, attorney for IRS whistleblower Gary Shapley. It's important to note that this... This WhatsApp message did not come from the laptop or any nefarious source. Gary Shapley testified that they did a search warrant. They got a hold of Hunter Biden's iCloud account and they did a search warrant to Apple, to the Apple Cloud, where they accessed Hunter Biden's WhatsApp messages, iMessages and other information. And so this is credible. This comes from a credible source and it's information that's very relevant to the dealings with the Chinese energy company and the income that Hunter Biden received. Now, I will say this. You'll see in the testimony that um, the agents wanted to follow up on this and the prosecutors told them not to because, oh, well, maybe Hunter Biden was puffing or something like that. So the agent said, well, let's get the GPS location of the two mm -hmm. of the father and the son and let's see if they're actually in the same room at that time. And the prosecutor said, we're not doing that. So closed another door on the investigation to make uh, what is relevant to this case. And this happened over and over and over again. And that's what Gary Shapley wanted to come forward and make sure everyone could see and this could see the light of day. 
As you can hear there from Mr. Lytle, this is just one instance of the cover-up of the Biden crime family. Hunter Biden, the DOJ, blocking agents from obtaining the GOP, uh, GPS excuse me, locations to see if Hunter and Joe Biden were in the same room. Okay, now we also got this from Fox Business, Maria Bartiromo. All right, Hunter Biden's attorney is blaming his client's drug history for a bombshell text message that appears to show Hunter Biden threatening a Chinese businessman or face retaliatory measures from his father, Joe Biden, and, quote, everybody he knows. Attorney Chris Clark saying that Hunter Biden's verifiable words or actions took place in the most uh, in the midst of a horrible addiction and therefore have no connection to anyone in his family. Now, we also got this from Fox Business, Maria Bartiromo. And this comes from Claudia Tenney. She said today, Monday, that Congress does have evidence that Joe Biden was in the room with his son, Hunter Biden, when he sent that threatening what's up uh, message on July 30th, 2017. For your information and for reference, Claudia Tenney is on the House uh, Ways and Means Committee that was forced to even show this evidence to us last week because of the cover-up. This is what she had to say to Maria Bartiromo about the evidence that Congress has that, in fact, Joe Biden was in the same room with Hunter Biden when the shakedown took place. Joining me right now is New York Congresswoman, member of the House Ways and Means Committee, Claudia Tenney, is with me. Congresswoman, it's good to see you. This morning, so much to discuss. Let's start with the Hunter Biden influence peddling story. Well, I mean, that one WhatsApp message uh, was so blatant where he says, I'm sitting with my father. You tweeted out a picture of Hunter Biden sitting in Joe Biden's Corvette. Uh, and you say, where was Joe Biden when Hunter sent that text? That, that WhatsApp message really sounded like a mobster shakedown. Uh, saying you better keep <laughs> yes. your commitment, other otherwise you're going to face, you know, uh, the uh, the re- the retaliatory consequences of uh, the man sitting next to me and everybody he knows. So I mean, that tells you everything. Right, and all we need to prove, exactly, Maria. And all we need to prove is that Joe Biden was in the room and he's part of this. And we have other evidence showing that Joe Biden was in the room from various yeah. witnesses who were involved in the Biden schemes. Joe was there for to to show that Hunter had the connections. But again, I, I think a lot of that is distraction. I think that Joe Biden used Hunter Biden, a flawed person with a lot of problems. He used him to in order to get this, uh, you know, an easy shill that he could use his own son, which is horrible in, in many ways, yeah. a tragic situation with his drug abuse. But now you see the Democrats saying, oh, this poor son, he's he's got drug problems. That's why we're going to give him a lesser sentence. Those are not this is really again, I can't emphasize enough. It's about Joe Biden. And so yeah. that WhatsApp message, we found evidence showing that Joe Biden and the whole family were, were all in Wilmington on the night of the phone call. That WhatsApp message when it happened, that was July 30th, 2017. Yeah. And yes, Joe Bri- Biden was a private citizen. But this is a continuation of the tax evasion, the money laundering and what was going on to get that money uh, through Hunter to Joe Biden and his family. Representative Tenney saying they have evidence that, in fact, Joe Biden was present. The whole family was president uh, was present. Yes, he was a private citizen. Yes, 
Hunter Biden had a drug addiction, but it doesn't change the fact that this is a crime. This is a play for pay scheme that originated when Joe Biden was the vice president. This is not a Hunter Biden story. This is about the fake president in the Oval Office, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., I mean, look, we can all focus on Hunter Biden, but the real story here is Joe Biden and how Hunter Biden was the proxy for Joe and the family. And this started, as as uh, Peter Schweitzer pointed out, back when Joe Biden was vice president. He was peddling his influence using his son. While he's vice president, we're seeing influence peddling. We're seeing, uh, you know, violation of ethics laws, violation of campaign finance. Then he becomes a private citizen. But they're still trying to get this money you know, from Hunter Biden to Joe. Uh, and this is how the relationship started and continues. So while he's a private citizen, this becomes money laundering, tax evasion, and all those things that these IRS agents really stumbled upon, these whistleblowers that we heard from. That's what's really going on here. And as the Democrats try to say, how can you, you know, attack the venerable institution of the FBI and the DOJ? And how can you say that now Joe's a private citizen? This is a uh, you know activity that's been going on for years that started using his position to uh, protect himself and also using his position, uh, Joe Biden, to uh, enrich himself and his family. You don't live for 50 years on the pay that uh, members of Congress and Senate and even the vice president make and live in multimillion dollar mansions in, in beautiful, uh, exquisite areas like Rehoboth Beach and also Wilmington, Delaware. So, I mean, yeah. these are things that that just raise eyebrows. They raise eyebrows. I mean, the same people that are going after Trump for having conversations with Russians about possible real estate deals when the Trump family are a multi-billion dollar family because of real estate deals. Oh, that was suspicious. But people like Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden and a whole slew of other Democrats with salaries that don't seem to line up with their lifestyle, you're not supposed to question that. Now, we're getting some new information about communication and other devices that the Bidens used. Now, let's not forget that the Bidens are following the Clinton playbook. Pay-to-play schemes with the Clinton uh, Global Initiative and the Clinton Foundation. That's what uh, Biden was doing with his uh, family and his name. And just like Hillary Clinton had, you know, private servers and was smashing phones. Well, looks like Joe Biden and family had a whole bunch of secret phones as well. So people didn't know what was up and it couldn't be traced. The uh, The great Peter Schweitzer, who's uh, did the the book about the... Uh, I bought them all. I can see them. They're over there. Was it Secret Empire? And all these other books that Peter Schweitzer... Uh, I've been a fan of him ever since he wrote the book Throw Them All Out. I want to say that was about 2010, 2012. I liked the book so much I bought a copy for my mom. And that was uh, Peter Schweitzer talking about how all of the people in Washington on both sides, it was a very nonpartisan book, participate in insider trading. And that book was actually in, instrumental in, in getting some laws passed so that they could somewhat curb the inside trading. That didn't really stop Nancy Pelosi now, did it? 
So Peter Schweitzer is the real deal. And now we're finding out about phones, Biden phones. Peter, you broke a lot of this years ago uh, about the Biden family influence peddling. And you've got new information this morning, uh, breaking news on a cell phone that Joe Biden was using. Tell us about that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. What is the line of communications between Hunter Biden and his business partners and Joe Biden when he's vice president of the United States? It's not the government phone. It's not Joe Biden's personal phone. We know from the laptop that Hunter Biden's business paid for a private phone line that Joe Biden used while he was vice president. It was from AT&T. It was $300 a month. It was a global phone where you could access somebody anywhere around the world. The vice president having an unauthorized phone, using it, and it's paid for by his son's business that supposedly Joe Biden is doubling down with Corinne Jean-Pierre and other spokesholes that he had nothing, he had no idea of what his son was doing in this business. He didn't talk to his son about business, but he had a phone that the business was paying for him to use so that... Once again, they would be subject to FOIA requests and no one would know what these conversations were about. Folks, this is very dangerous. We're talking espionage here. You know, kind of like Clinton and China having access to her unsecure server with a whole bunch of confidential classified information. Of course, that she's not supposed to really have. You know, some of it she's supposed to have as Secretary of State. Nothing happens to her. James Comey says no one will bring this case against her, but the DOJ is going full force, balls to the walls against President Trump, who was president and had rights to those documents. I would just say one other thing, Marie, as it relates to that sort of shakedown phone call with Henry Zhao uh, that we alluded to. Henry Zhao in 2015 had already sent $5 million to the Bidens. Uh, he was the head of a harvest investment firm. Uh, and what's interesting is in the correspondence there, Hunter Biden again talks to Zhao in the context of this is a deal that's important to my family uh, involving his father. Let's also keep in mind we fixate on the criminal element of this. We also have to focus on the espionage element of this. Henry Zhao paid $5 million to Hunter Biden from an account that was part of a company that he co-owned with the family of the Minister of State Security of China, who's I'm in charge of the entire spy apparatus. And you see that in every deal that Hunter Biden did in China, these individuals that are sending him money have ties to Chinese intelligence. Unbelievable. What's going to be done with this new information? Well, it's in the hands of Jason Smith, and his committee, of which Representative Tenney, who we've already heard from in this episode, is a part of. Maybe they'll actually use this information in their investigation of Biden, the CCP spy, the absolute real-life Manchurian candidate. Uh, we shared that phone number and that account information with people at the House Oversight Committee. My hope is that, that they haven't already. They will subpoena those records because I think it will give an indication on how tight the communication was. Uh, and that may be the phone, for example, that the Ukrainian, the Burisma executive might have used uh, in this allegation uh, that he talked to Joe Biden in re recorded conversations. That phone. Hmm. This phone 
is going to give us a whole bunch of more information. In what seems like a little bit of a perhaps throwaway comment, Representative Tenney addressed this in her conversation this morning with Maria Bartiromo. Now the Chinese have data. They have a phone that was issued to him by the Chinese Communist Party. All this stuff is happening. And, and this is while he's the vice president of the United States. Hillary Clinton all over again, but worse, because this time they got their puppet into the Oval Office. Of course, through rigging of the election of 2020. All right, folks, thanks for being here. We'll have reports for you throughout the week. Uh, please, if you enjoy our show, pick up some merch with my mug on the mug. New sweatshirts, T-shirts, hoodies. Uh, we're designing and having more merch come out over the summer. Let people know where you get your news from and help our show out as well by rocking merch. And don't forget that we have my children who are still allowed to be on YouTube and their channel, Nothing But The News. Please support them. The links to everything are down below. Hasta mañana. Ciao. Goodbye. God bless. Gotta give us what we want. Uh. Gotta give us what we need. Hey. Our freedom of speech is freedom of death. We, we got, got to fight the powers that